So welcome to FSA Origins number three. This is a really uh, exciting episode because we've got our first ever brand owner joining us today. Um, his name's Tom Jevons. He's the founder of Solace Clothing. And they joined us in July this year, right? That's right, yeah. Um, and when they joined, we were so, so excited. We just loved the the fit of the clothes. We loved the colors that they had. Um, and I remember just, ju- I actually remember jumping with joy when Tom joined Aveste. So I'm really excited to tell you guys a bit more about his story. It wasn't easy. You know, he had to graft his way up, uh, first of all, to get into the fashion industry. Then within fast fashion, he worked for five or so years. And then he's now gone full time on his own brand, Solace Clothing. So we're going to get into that. We're going to understand the stories of how he got to that point. Um, And yeah, we're going to dive straight into it, aren't we, mate? So ladies and gentlemen, we bring you Mr. Thomas Jevons. Um, Yeah, thank you. Very much for having me on. Really excited to talk to you boys about everything. Don't worry, mate. I have to say, you know, I was looking at your Instagram again last night and every single picture I look at Tom, he's just got like an outfit that I just want. I'm super jealous, actually, that I don't have a wardrobe as as, uh, as beautiful as yours, mate. So I think let's um, let's get straight into this and explain to people, um, you know, why you started Solace uh, and what gave you that confidence to sort of, you know, go and do your own thing. Um, it was a weird situation when I started Solace, really. Um, I got told that I might have been getting made redundant at my role at Misguided. Uh, I was working there on the menswear brand called Menace. So it's a bit of a difficult situation. There's been a lot of stuff in the media about what happened with Misguided. And um, yeah, it just wasn't a very good time to be there. So I was thinking, right, if this is going, I need to think of something else that's going to make me some money and you know, I can survive off. And I've always wanted to do it, but... I feel like this was something that gave me a good push. It was kind of like light off light. It was, it was scary, definitely scary. But I just thought it, there's no time like now. And yeah, I'm just really glad I did it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's going to end up being a very good decision, to be to be fair, the way that it's going. <laughs> so for people for people that don't know anything about the collection and haven't seen the brand before, can you like give a very quick summary of like you know the, the essence of why you created Solace and then also the what you create? Yeah, so name it as British Contemporary Shrewear. Um, I kind of put it as like there's four pillars to the brand. It's quality, fit, value, and palette. Just I like giving to the people just a very much like a head-to-toe outfit, basically you know, molded together by one specifically chosen colour or pantone. Because I, in, within my personal life, I'm very much a colour match dresser, you know what I mean? Like I love having a bit of like my brown matched to my socks or my t-shirt it's just very it's little tiny things like that just brings an outfit together so yeah i was just wanting to kind of put that out to the public and when you um check the brand out it's quite a simplistic brand there's not too much going on in terms of like graphics and all that i just wanted to keep it very minimalistic and very wearable um you know concentrate on those four things that i just said you know gives you a quality product that i hope when the customer gets it in the hands they uh they see that um i want to talk about fit actually tom so josh and i would probably say fit is probably the most important thing when it comes to buying clothes obviously everyone is different shapes and sizes right how do you make sure fit is good for as many people as as possible when it comes to let's just start with t-shirts for example how do you approach that that is a difficult thing um i say personally i'm a bit of a stocky boy i'm a bit a bigger boy and i always find that other places regular fit ain't my regular um <laughs> but i've i've 
just, I mean, with how clothes have been going over the past few years, oversized is such a big trend. And it comes and goes, but I think it's just a mainstay within the industry now. But I've really seen the boxy fit come out massively in the last two years, which I personally love. Like, I absolutely love the boxy fit because you find when you buy oversized tees that are much longer in the body and just too long, it basically becomes a dress. Yep. <laughs> so for the Solace, when I was, uh, the first thing I did for Solace was the tees. Like, it was my main thing. It's important to have the perfect oversized but boxy fit so that even if someone was looking for the XL, it wasn't going to become a dress. Um, but then, as you say, trying to cater to as many people as possible it becomes hard because all i have done is oversized and boxy i haven't done a regular um i probably will never do like a slim fit or a skinny fit um but again that's kind of trying to figure out what your brand is kind of catering to um i, I don't think i'm catering i don't think the style of the brand caters to a skinny fit or a slim fit no, um, no muscle fits yeah, because like Josh. Nah, prefer- well, I am. I haven't been to the gym in a while, so I don't think I'll be doing any muscle. <laughs> no vests anytime soon. No. Well, you, you never know. I can't, that's the thing. You can never say never as well. I, I never with the brand. I never want to say we're never going to do this and we're never going to do that because fashion is so cyclical and it changes all the time. That like what I as the amount of things that I used to hate and didn't think were cool in fashion that are now like so in style. It's, it, it's, it's mad so I never want to say never so you may see a vest in the future from <laughs> yeah we um we are quite particular on our fits aren't we and and I, and it's so interesting because you can wear an oversized t-shirt and just go size down can't you do you find people do that Tom like people are going to you and just going I'm just going to go size down to, to for it to fit better yeah like um because I try to talk to as many customers as possible and I, you know, the most thing you get asked is, "What size should I get?" And yep. you know, what I always go, "What's your favorite T-shirt?" And, and what's what size do you normally wear? I mean, you saying about sizing down, I size up on loads of stuff, like because I love an oversized fit. And I'll know that, like, if I go for a silly like two XL, I know that's going to be massive, but it's going to be the fit I want. Or, um, but yeah, I think when shopping, it's always good to know the measurements of your favorite fit and T-shirt. I think. I, don't, I know I've done that. I've literally laid down my favorite T-shirt, mm-hmm. measured it pit to pit, body length, and been like, okay, so I'm hoping that the brand's measurements on site are as true to uh, true as possible. And then if not always, hopefully match up. Because I, I'm not always, but I know so many times I've looked at a brand and I've gone and I've looked at their size and and I go, that that pit, the pit to pit's not going to fit the way I want it. So I haven't even tried to buy it. Yeah, so beyond beyond that, is there something that we can help people? Because this is a problem that so many people have, right? Shopping online, yeah. Shopping online, like actually challenge. finding a t-shirt. Finding a t-shirt that fits. And, and people like us, yeah, know the measurements of the t-shirts that we like, like you just said, but I think the general punter definitely, definitely doesn't. So, yeah, how can you give people the information in a really informed way without them having to go and measure their favorite t-shirt such that it makes the buying process easier. And it's a problem we've not solved yet. No. But it's the challenge. No. How are you doing it, Tom? Um, I think just trying to have as much conversation with the, the customer as possible and really trying to get down to like exactly what type of fit they're looking for and where they like it to hang on the body and how they like their sleeves. Do they like them really wide? Because I know that the, the sleeves on RTs are quite wide when they, they sit on the body. Um but also, like you said, just trying to give that information up front as possible, like having the models, measurements, and making sure that they're fully correct, because uh, Tony, 
who does some modelling for us at the moment. He's six foot, six foot one, so he's a bit on the taller side. So people and he's wearing a medium. When he could wear a small, and it would be fine as well. But right. the way we wanted it to look on the shoot, um, yeah, it's a difficult one. It's something that, um, especially online retailers like myself, have to navigate again because we don't really want returns. That's kind of a cost of the business that is you know hard to take on. But you, for me, it's always just making sure that the customer is just happy. That's number one, really. I wanna I wanna go a little bit further back and I wanna reverse time slightly. You know, you were working within the industry, within the fashion in- industry itself. What made you think to do this collection yourself? Like, how did you? And and then also, how did you physically start from scratch? Because there's so many people out there right now that I'm sure would be interested in starting their own business, whether whether that's clothing or or, or otherwise. What were the actual initial steps? Yeah, and there's one question I'll add as well. We often get asked for, you know, some people have messaged us on Instagram saying they want to start their own clothing business. And, you know, setting up the website and stuff is, is not the bit that scares them. It's the actually sourcing of the clothes. So it'd be great if you could touch on that as well without giving away all your secrets, obviously. Yeah, tell us all your secrets, Tom. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a very loaded question. I feel like I'm just going to give absolutely everything to you. Like, I, I used to play around with brands in my head. I'd be like, oh, if I had a brand, what would it be named? I used to have Infinite, which is a terrible name. And I'm very glad I never went ahead with that because that just sounds awful. Um, sorry if anyone's brand is called Infinite out there. But I don't mean to be rude, but I used to it, <laughs> Infinite. It had like two like okay signs together like that to make an infinite sign. Like two, and and I was like, oh, this is amazing. This is gonna sell like loads. And I remember I bought like a Gildan T-shirt and like printed it on myself with like heat transfer, which is like the worst method you could possibly print onto a T-shirt. <laughs> And it looks dreadful. And I was like, okay, I'll put that to bed for a little bit. But then as um, as I got further and further in, like, working in fast fashion and kind of seeing that all the mechanics that go into a brand and, like, all the hard work that people put in fast fashion, I don't think... I think that's an aspect that people don't see. It's the amount of hard work that... Because fast fashion brands get a lot of, you know, bad press and there are a lot of things that they could be doing better, but the people behind the actual brands are such hard workers... And I've met so many talented people through working in fast fashion that have really just helped me with my own personal like information about clothing. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd been toying around and, and Solace, I can't remember exactly where, but I know I had Solace in the tank for about a year, like that name. And um, I've still got it on my iPad now. I've got a document with 200 different fonts of Solace, <laughs> literally just trying to find the perfect one. That, that was very... A big thing to me because I want the logo to be something that can be put on any garment and not look overbearing. It's very simplistic and just look. It's just nice uh, font and type. Um, so yeah, just going through names. Okay, I've got the name. What do I actually want it to look like? And I think making it quite a minimalistic brand has helped in terms because I do everything myself. Like I'm, I'm a bit of a one man band at the moment. Um, you know, I, I do all the designs. I, yeah, I do everything basically. But as soon as you got that brand in your head, I was like, okay, cool. What do I actually want it to be? What products do I want to sell? And I'm a massive cap person. So caps were like, caps are quite an easy thing to get into. There's so many places to source caps from. There's, um, you, know, you can do it in the UK, you can do it overseas in China. You, you know, there's, there's so many places you can go and try and find exactly what you want. Um, that was that was one of the biggest processes, really, was um, trialing samples and making sure that it was 
exactly what I wanted, especially for like fit of the peak and I'm quite um, picky about like the back of the cap as well, like whether it's a snap back or a strap. Like I never want to use Velcro. I feel like that's like a really cheap, you know, aspect of a cap if you were using it. Um, and yeah, just t- tinkering with little design bits and, and colours and everything. And then, yeah, the amount of t-shirts that I bought, like sampling, and to try and get the fit and the quality right, like as in the one I wanted to use, because, um, yeah, that took ages. Like A lot of uh, return. I paid a lot to Royal Mail in the past year, returning stuff to companies. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's worth it. You've got to go through... You know, trial and error. I think that's a massive thing you know, with the clothing brand is trial and error. I want to go back, Tom, because you, you say you're doing a bit of everything. How are you going from one moment having to think about the business side of what you do to then go, oh, now I need to be a creative and a designer. And the next moment I need to go, right, I need to figure out where my next um, collection is going to be supplied from. Then, uh, a, then an Instagram advertiser, then a, you know. Yeah. Then an accountant. Yeah. It, how are you doing it, and how have you yeah. managed to like get the knowledge to be able to do all of those things? Because bloody hell, that's a lot of experience you've had to accumulate to do that. I, it's it's learning day by day. Like I, I, when I started this, yes, I knew a little bit about clothes because I worked in the industry, but I'm not a businessman. Although I did take business management and entrepreneurship at uni, which has finally it looks like it's coming into play now. <laughs> it's only taken me like what seven years to get there, but. Um, yeah, there's a lot of juggling and there's a lot of, like I said, learning every single day. There's, there's something to learn every day. I'm learning about ads now and I'm learning about, you know, uh, production overseas and, and, you know, working with international suppliers. And... So I want to go back to, again, something that Tom just said there and mentioning his degree. Oh, yeah. Jake, Jake I and I, yeah, Jake and I obviously we just we just uh, filmed a podcast episode two of Veste Origins it was all about going to uni and I know Tom we've had a we've had a chat about this as well. I'm really interested in your perspective, right? Um, do you value what you learn at uni, and have you learned more since leaving university than you did when you when you were there in terms of running this business? So. I would want, if, if you earn the position and the opportunity to go to uni, I would go. I think from the social, I think the social aspect of it all is amazing. Like, I, I like, I was, I wouldn't say I was a different person before I went to uni, but like I was able to grow in confidence and kind of like find myself a little bit more. Like, and you, you meet so many, like, you know, living in your hometown, it becomes a bit of a bubble sometimes and you, you, you you're with the same people over and over again which is great because they're your friends that you've known from day one but when you meet so many different people you can gain so many different aspects like uh, perspectives on on things um yeah i think that part of it's invaluable really like i'd say you know i met my girlfriend there um it's worth it i met all my best mates there well she's for some reason she's still with me um <laughs> but but i know from your podcast is whether the actual educational side is there and i think looking back at it i wish i'd done fashion i wish i'd done fashion management and um, my girlfriend did do it and like what she learned there is something that i could have you know put into this from the start instead i learned it through doing my job but um yeah i think that is an, an important thing of uni as well as making sure that when you're going there yes you're going there for meet people and socialize and have a good time but make sure that the course that you're doing is something that you can at least put into your life going forward. 
but like also know that whatever you do pick isn't what you have to do going forward just because i did business management didn't mean i was just gonna go and sit in an office and your girlfriend work in fashion now as well girlfriend is visual merchandiser for primark so one of the biggest fashion retailers in the world and so basically when you go to the store how the store looks is is her she's making everything look amazing on the mannequins and she works in the manchester store which is i believe the second biggest store in the uk so yeah she's got a big job on her hands but yeah it's it's nice that we both work in fashion as well because we can kind of like bounce i did i I say i'm a one-man band i'm only as strong as yeah, the woman behind me. Oh. Like she, she's, well, yeah, whatever. You know, I bounce so much idea, so many ideas off her. I always go to her for opinions, and she helps on the shoots. You know, she's there you know, doing so many things that you know I couldn't really do without her. I think that's a, ma- a massive thing for um, running the fashion business is the people around you as well. Um, if you go into it thinking that you can do everything by yourself, like. Are you going to run yourself into the ground? Like with you guys, you have each other, which is great. Like you have a partnership there and you really bounce off each other and like help each other out in situations, which is great. But definitely. Need yeah, that. We're, definitely. we're super lucky. We're super, super lucky. Yeah. I couldn't have done this without Jake. And and it's just, uh, and I really needed his support in various times. We have opposing skill sets. Not opposing, but complementary skill sets, I would yeah. say. But even just beyond, uh, even beyond just skills though, just having someone there to to bounce ideas off and bring you up when you're feeling down or totally. whatever it's it's important definitely um and tom i think again you um you are a one-man band as you say but you've got this support network around you <laughs> are there are there other people that you want to shout i know you've got a, a, a crew that you work with on all of your shoots that are an amazing crew um and there are other people that are helping you out so yeah is there anyone else that you want to sort of shout out and and say thanks to because i know you've got a big old team there yeah, it's like it's weird to say like one man band, but really like you gotta shout out everyone like the the suppliers. Like I work with um, someone called Joel in Manchester, who's a print, and he's worked as in the print industry for years. Like I think he's twenty years in, and he's amazing. Like the reason why the print on the product's so good is because of him. So I definitely want to shout out him. Um, in terms of, I mean, shout out Izzy, my girlfriend, who helps uh, <laughs> with everything just behind the scenes, uh, feeding me keeping me sane although i do a lot of the cooking to be fair as well so um so in terms of how the sh- you know the product actually looks um i work with uh lewis and sean um can i shout out their instagrams yeah please yeah, do we're we gonna get them on the podcast I know, so I know. We, we, let's promote them as much as we can <laughs> yeah i know i i know they'd be down to talk because um they're amazing at what they do they're kind of like a duo act in terms of that, Lewis does videography and Sean does photography, but they also know a bit about you know either side, and they're just a great duo to have. So with this next shoot that will be coming out, and also the you know the last shoot uh, with the cobalt and the forest collections, that's all down to them. Like, obviously, I'm there kind of directing the whole thing. I'm kind of like, this is what I want it to look like, and but they're coming with their ideas, and they're like, oh, maybe we should try this or or this. The, you know, the whole cobalt collection, as in the shots for the you know for that wasn't my idea they they put that together in terms of the lighting and where it wasn't with the background um also worked with a girl called natalie um who shot for the last collection as well she did amazing and um the guy you'll see in all the the, the clothes is tony who's our model oh, okay. um big, big shout out to tony he's an amazing guy he's, he's just um 
not only is he just modeling the clothes, he's a great personality to have on the set as well. Like we're just trying to like have the fun atmosphere. The shoot days are, you know, the most fun but most stressful days of the brand. Is you kind of see everything come to life, but you also, all right, I need to, you know, get everything sorted and get everything shot and make it look the way we want to look it. How did you find him? Is he a friend? Or... So uh, another shout out I should give is to a girl called Elle, um, who I met at Misguided, and she's a stylist there. And uh, we were just going, we were on the tram back from Misguided one day. I'm looking for a new model. Do you, do you know anyone? Because she's just within that industry. And she, the first person she showed me was Tony. And as soon as I saw Tony, I was like, he, had an, he, had a, he has a smile. He has an infectious smile. And I was like, yeah, we're going to have to use him. You know, my parents, like the last shoot we did was in my dad's music room. Yes, that looked awesome, by the way. Like, next level. Like, uh, yeah, I'm really interested in the shoot actually because uh, I'm more interested in your process of how you actually get to that point, right? Because for context for everyone listening and watching, Tom's shoots, I would say, are some of the best that we've seen. The photography, like all of the imagery that, that he uses is absolutely top notch. So, you know, you've done a series of shoots now. How do you, one, find the right locations? Two, get everyone down there and make sure that it's all running smoothly. And three, create that sort of amazing imagery that you then uh, are able to use across your socials and, and on the site. I'll tell you, it's stressful trying to get everyone. It's, it's, it's being a manager, isn't it? It's trying to just make sure that everyone's there at the right time. and you know, everyone, Everyone's got their... I mean, thankfully, like Lewis and Sean, they've got all their equipment. They, they've got all the expertise on that side. They know what they're doing. So couldn't thank them enough for what they bring to the table and in terms of location, um, you'll see in the first shoot, it was quite simplistic. It was literally just a, a plain cream background with a stool. Um, and that was like a good starting point for the brand. I didn't want it to be too grandiose. I just wanted it to be like, here's clothes. This, these are the fits. This is what we're trying to, you know, this is what we're trying to sell to people as a, the brand. And then one of the days I was just sat in a cafe and I looked over and there was this massive big forest green velvet uh curtain and i was like that's interesting that that that's exactly the color i'm kind of looking at at the moment so maybe that might work and thankfully i know i knew someone who worked at the cafe and i could get it rented out for an afternoon personally i think that's the strongest looking stuff to date is the stuff on the green curtain it looks so nice it looks so premium for the third one is my dad's music room which is blessed to be in my house so didn't actually have to pay my parents to rent that out which was nice Although they probably would have liked to offer a fee. Yeah, it's like a 20,000 record strong collection that he's been doing since he was 10. And it's like the most amazing thing you've ever seen. When you, like Tony, when he came and saw it the first time, literally, I mean, I've got it on video of him just looking at it and kind of just going, you know, like a kid on Christmas. So I come from quite a creative family. And I guess with Solace, I was like, okay. I need to kind of bring something to the table now because <laughs> everyone's kind of showing me up. But if anything, that like when COVID happened and we had lockdown, um, we had a FaceTime every Sunday and we had a record club. And I remember saying in that, I was like, oh, I might be starting something myself soon. I might, you know, take a leap of faith. And they were all so supportive about it. And yeah, probably one of the pushing factors to actually go and do it. And just support around you is so important, I think. So I think there are a few kind of lockdown baby, let's call them lockdown babies or lockdown businesses, so to speak, wasn't there? And we were obviously one of them. It's yeah. interesting to think we were probably all beavering away at the same time, you know, in our houses or our bedrooms, um, trying to start a business at the same time, but we never knew each other then. 
Yeah, it is. It is super weird. I wish I wish we'd known Tom earlier because uh, <laughs> it would have been it would have been, been nice the first one. To, yeah, to get you on earlier. So, so Tom, the, one of the questions I have is obviously you're in the midst of creating this business, and I know we've been sort of talking about what you do and how you are a one man band and how you have to do a bit of everything. What I'm really interested to ask you is, what's your advice for people that are trying to start off and do their own thing? So. What would you what would you recommend people do if they are trying to start their own clothing business right now? Like, what would you say to to do and, and to look up? Do your research. Look up. Like, if you've got a question, don't don't wing things. Like, really look into it. If you're looking to do a certain amount, a certain type of product, do your research on that product, and you know, don't just go strong headed and stuff. Because I know I've done that in the past, and it's ended up badly. Because you just you need to take a step back from things a little bit and just be like, okay, what am I actually trying to achieve here? And although I've worked in fashion, my knowledge is so little compared to so many people, and I'm still, you know, you still learn from other people every day. So yeah, also do research, take advice from people, and yeah, it should hopefully go alright for you. How how would you say? There's obviously a lot of clothing brands out there now. How do you think people can differentiate themselves? I mean, that's probably a question I'm asking myself with the brand all the time. It's like, how can I make myself different from the others? And um, I think when you're a smaller brand, is being able to have that more direct line of communication with the customer is really important at the start, and like almost looking to try and build like a bit of a community. Um, you know, brands like representing Callbooks and do. An incredible job on that where they have literally built a community of people who are always going to come back to the product and relax you know they're like okay Cobbox is my like brand i absolutely love it i'm going to swear by their, their stuff and i'm always going to buy into their stuff um yeah and i'm by the four things that i said earlier that's kind of what i'm trying to bring to the customer and when uh, i think that's the best thing that i've had so far and i put it on the brand story sometimes it's just feedback from people and it's not to like G up. It's not to G up my own ego. It's literally just to be like, some some um, some customer the other day put like a proper like really nice message, like really heartfelt, and um, it just it, it makes running the brand all all that you know much worth it. If you got know what I mean, like it's it's so nice to see and makes you want to just keep on doing it. A question I have is, you know, you were talking about doing your research and that sort of thing. Um, would you would you say that your the knowledge that you gained by working in the industry already allowed you to have some sort of advantage over someone that wanted to do this from scratch? Do you know what I mean? Like, do you think you gained some some knowledge there? Suppliers or yeah, yeah. Um, well, like I, I I found all my own suppliers on my own. I didn't take from like any that I knew in the fashion industry. Mm. Um, but again, that's not a very good business practice. You shouldn't be doing that. Sure, but like. Um, just, just from being within it, I would definitely have some advantages on people. Mm. But then that's why I'm saying do your research because then if you if you look into things, you, you can. It's all it's all about learning, isn't it? And and just from being on that job day to day, I, I was learning. Um, yeah, well, I wouldn't say just because you don't work in fashion doesn't mean you shouldn't start. But like some of the most successful people that I know in fashion, or, or like with brands, don't particularly come from a fashion background. I think you see with quite a few people that start businesses, they go out into the, the big wide world and they, they get a craft, right? Be it buying or on my side, kind of development and coding on Josh's side, like sales and advertising. 
And then I suppose when the time comes, you, you feel ready because you've got that experience behind you, haven't you? Such that you feel confident to take the step. Um, there's not many people you see just kind of start a business straight off the bat, although there obviously are some, but you, yeah, you, you kind of need a few years of, of owning your craft, honing your craft, I would say. Yeah, because I, I could have maybe started this brand a few more years ago. Um, I wish I had, like, maybe looking back at it, but I don't think I would have done it without building the confidence within working within these industries that I have. Definitely. And the good thing now as well for people starting is technology has just become so much easier to use. Everything from managing a CRM system to setting up a website with Shopify. We should always give Shopify a heads up when we do these podcasts. Um, So a lot of that headache has all been automated and taken out of your hands, right? But, you know, one thing we all do have to do is advertising. Um, should Should we get into advertising? Love to. The bane of our lives, Josh, Instagram, Facebook, making reels, which we we love doing. Um, Talk to us, um, yeah, about what does kind of Solace's advertising strategy look like currently and then what might, where do you think you can improve it and in the future? Yeah, so a majority of it at the moment is through Instagram um, and Google Ads. I've also been dabbling in a little bit of TikTok, but I haven't really built the TikTok uh, profile that much. I've never really focused on it, but um, from anyone I talk to, they always say it's mad how much you can get out of it. Uh, so I'm still learning about that. I'm just trying to learn each day by it. But um, yeah, like Instagram ads, it's definitely very beneficial. I see a lot of stuff come through from um, people just, you know, the amount of times you're flicking through stories and something comes up and catches your eye. Like, it's, it's going to work for you. How did you actually physically learn how to do all of these things? Like, you know, was it just one day you logged into Facebook ads, you just set up a campaign and just went for it? Were you watching YouTube videos? Were you on Skillshare? What, like, how did you actually physically do it? Because I, I know Jake and I, when we first started, we were like, we had no experience of actually doing the actual physical act of creating an ad. Yeah. And I'm always interested to know how people actually get into it because it's not a simple thing. Definitely not. You can easily just pour your money down the drain. <laughs> and we spoke to brands and they yeah. feel that way. I think there was a big survey went out that said like 70% of small businesses find Facebook ads really challenging to actually get any ROI off of. So it's clearly a problem there. Yeah, like I've just done a TikTok ad and I feel like I got nothing out of it. Like I feel like just... <laughs> I got a, a load of views and I was like, cool, people are viewing it, but no one's really doing anything about it. Um, I mean, I won't lie. Like, I still feel like I'm winging not winging it with ads, but I'm learning as I'm going and just trying to, like, not be stupid with it, especially with money. If you're testing something, just test a little bit at a time. We've discussed this before. What about GQ? Tell me about that. Was it worth it? Um, still to find out, really. It's kind of hard. It's one of those things that's hard to quantify because it's not... Um, digital is it it's a physical magazine which like i'm so gassed that it's actually in the magazine it's a it's a, it's a weird thing to see your, your brand and, and, and something as cool as gq if you know what i mean like you're growing up kind of do you see it always in uwh smith and all that i actually went into a wh smith to find it and like pick it up physically which is cool um but it's hard to see like how many people are actually going from that advert in 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 there to actually go into the site and and, and yeah it's 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 hard so it, the the issues out right now um with Piers Brosnan on the, uh, the cover <laughs> James Bond himself Love is he that. wearing a solace t-shirt um, on the cover <laughs> no, I think I think I'd uh, 
be in major debt if it was anything like that. <laughs> <in the advertisers. laughs> so in terms of, we're talking about growth now, right? We're talking about advertising. In terms of when you're looking at the future and you're looking at what you want to do with the brand, do you have like a clear idea of, you know, I want to take the brands and I want it to be this uh, in this time period? Or is it something <coughs> where you're just a bit more free form and you're like, I'm just going to go with the flow and see how the brand performs and it will become what it becomes? Yeah, like when I started it, I, um, it was on the side of my full-time job. But as it's it's done much better than I thought it was going to do in its first few months, like it kind of surprised me. And um, again, quite humbling. I was like, oh, like, I just didn't think it was going to do this well. Um, I, it's kind of, I'm just going, I, as it's going, I don't have like this massive like five-year plan like I want it to be a bricks and mortar store. I mean, that's a goal for me. I'd love a bricks and mortar store in the future. That's, that's, I'd, I'd absolutely love that. But like, I'm just kind of letting it go as it goes. And, and all I'm trying to do is just make sure that it's going in the right direction. Um, What's been your biggest challenge? Like, what have you found just incredibly difficult starting the brand and, and have you managed to sort of overcome it, do you think? I'd probably say getting everything ready for launches and, and just making sure that everything's there and on time and, you know, fashion such a seasonal thing. And, you know, right now I'm working on a jacket that I'd love to get in before November or, you know, December time. And it's just, yeah, I found that very challenging, especially the first one. I remember even on launch day, on the first day, my tram crashed on the way home oh, no. and I was stuck. And I was like, oh, I need to get home and sort it, like stuff out and, and get it all ready and you know, make sure that the website's ready. And yeah, it's, it's stressful things like that. Um, you know, things go wrong in that like, product as well. Like, you know, maybe colours aren't 100% right or, you know, fabrics are a bit off or there's marks or stuff like that. Question I have for Tom is, do you manage to switch off? Like we, Jake and I, right, we're <laughs> almost like 24-7, like thinking about this. Like obviously we have... We have other um, responsibilities, but it's like, uh, I find it really difficult to sort of switch off, especially when it's your own brands. And for you, because you're, because you are doing so much, it must be really, really difficult to just have a moment where you're just able to relax, surely. Yeah. Like my girlfriend will tell me a lot to be like, just, just put the phone down for a little bit. You don't need to be doing it, especially on like a week de- weekend and that. Um, which is totally right. Like, you do need to like chill out and really like, you know, it's a job at the end of the day. Not everyone works 24-7. Like, you need to have that little bit of downtime to make the work time even better, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do find that quite challenging. Because I'm always just thinking of stuff. I'm always like, well, oh, maybe I, like future collections that are in my head right now and I'm in the midst of doing I'm like, oh, maybe I should just change this little bit about it. Or, you know, maybe I should go with this and then I'll look up on Google. I'm like, oh, I've just thought about this. I'll go and check it out and see what I can find about it. And yeah, that's a, that's a struggle for me, I think. It's interesting, mate. You uh, color is so key for you, right? And uh, I love the colors. When we first introduced the brand, we talked about the cobalt blue. We talked about the forest green, and those are the the two colors that we had initially on the site. Explain to me how you got to the other colors that you're working on, and and what is it that about the chocolate color you, that you like? So much? I mean, I think it's a, it's a it's a weird thing with running the brand. You got to try and not be selfish. You got to think about the customers that you're actually trying to sell to. Because um, cobalt blue is something I wouldn't actually wear, uh, if I'm fairly honest. But it's it's been really popular for me, and I can see why. I think I'm just not that big of a um, bright dresser. But like when I did like a little snippet of a cobalt blue hoodie, I had so many people were like, "Oh, when's this coming out?" and everything, which is really cool to see. But I've just brown 
it's it, for the time that we're coming into coming into those colder months and pairing about with the forest green and it's just a favorite man i just think it can go with so many things go with the air cruise and so the cap is coming out tonight but we'll be doing a t-shirt a bag and a beanie with it um, looking, I'm sourcing a brown hoodie at the moment and the brown tea, just to, you know, flip the colours a little bit. And yeah, just can't wait for more and more to come from it. Yeah, so make sure you get ready for that drop. That chocolate drop is going to be really, really good. Chocolate I've, drop, love the pun. Yeah, <laughs> I've had uh, I've had a sneaky peek. Uh, so thank you for sharing that, Tom. But I I can't wait for everyone to see it. When we uh, whenever we upload pictures that you've sent us, people do absolutely love the collections. I think I'm really excited to see what people think of uh, this new chocolate colour. Yeah, because this, so alongside the chocolate stuff, we're basically go, the, coming into October, we're going to be doing like the biggest launch we've done for the brand so far. We'll be going from like seven options on site to about 22, 23. So there's definitely a big bump up in, in what's going on. So we've got like two new hoodies come in, uh, joggers, shorts. Uh, two new tees, four new beanies, two new caps, two new uh, bags. So we're just trying to like, I think the main thing I, I try to do with the shoot when I, when I show more of the shoot stuff is that I'm trying to show that it's a brand that can really be like mixed with itself. Like I, I've been, you know, the cobalt blue matches with the chocolate brown so nicely and the forest green goes back to the chocolate. I just want it to be a, a brand that people love to wear kind of head to toe. Yeah, I'm really excited for everyone to see what we're working on. And also, I've got, like, you saying about um, what? why do you choose the colours? And, like I said, selfishly, it's me. Like, I just love these colours. But I just thought, we haven't even done, like, a whole black um, collection yet. Just as very simple. A lot of brands literally just do black and white. And I am working on that now, just to make it a very simplistic uh, collection. But it's one that's still going to look like Solace, if you get what I mean. Just because the colour's not exactly there, it's still going to look sleek and minimalistic, and and the quality is going to be there as as usual. Is that a bit of an exclusive, mate? You've given us there. <laughs> just just a tiny one. I've had a lot of people ask for it. That's what I like to do as well. I like to like listen to the customer. Like um, I love hearing people's feedback, and like I get so many like I'll, I'll be like oh, I haven't even thought, I've not thought about that. Like I've not you know and I didn't know that many people wanted it. If you get what I mean. There's so many people asking for black, and I was like, oh yeah, it's just like the most simplistic colour for everyone to wear. Yeah, so that will be coming soon. Should we give another sneak peek, Josh? Did yeah. a good time right now? Yeah, why not? I think we. Um, <laughs> I think what we'll do is we'll say this. Tom and us, Jake and Josh, we've had a conversation, and we have we will have something very exciting soon. That's enough, I think. I think yeah, I don't yeah. think we can say anymore. I don't think you can say anymore. Yeah. So, okay. so you've got to just wait and see. It's going to be something that you're going to want to buy. Perfect. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. And uh, and Tom, like I'm so excited, mate. Are you excited? Very excited. Like, um, just you guys coming to me from the start when you said you wanted to sock solace. You guys are so passionate about what you guys do, and you also just very friendly people get on with you really great. So yeah, really excited to work together can't wait to share everyone what it's going to be yeah working together with tom the genius <laughs> the the most stylish man i know I, I couldn't have thought of anyone better to work with to be Exciting. honest mate so um so i, yeah, on, I only work with these guys so they can put my ego up even bigger than <laughs> yes 
<laughs> that's what we do that's what we do i can't i i'm so excited to tell people about it and and we are very much on the on on a path to creating something very very exciting so stay tuned for that so mate i want to go back now and talk about um your background in the fashion industry right because we've talked about quite a lot about the brand and we've i think we've talked a lot about what you've learned along the way and I think your time in those in, in that industry has actually really helped you and helped grow the brands. But what was it like, like working in one of these big companies, and and how did you sort of grow going from a graduate to progressing your career? Well, fast. It's called fast fashion for a reason. Like it's ridiculously fast. When I worked at um, Menace, which was the uh, menswear for Misguided, we only had a small little team for for that about seven eight of us, but everyone was just so good at the job and we made the brand grow like great numbers in a year um but yeah I just, I just, like you said it's kind of invaluable to the brand the stuff i've learned about fabrics there fit you know, working with garment technologists about it or working with my buyers uh shout out to uh katrina and lily for uh, teaching me the way yeah and, and also design like abby who was our designer on menace was incredible like super super talented like every time she showed me something, I was like, "That's unreal!" Like I can't wait to bring that to life. Um, I think just seeing product go from A to B, from you know conception to you know fully having the physical thing in your, in your hand, and also seeing it on the site, I think that's definitely one been one of the big pluses for me is being able to see the full process of how a product is made and what you have to go through to get it to be customer ready. Um, yeah, I, I really like. I was at Misguided for like four years um, and I went to Boohoo Man for like a few months and uh, I've actually just stopped fast fashion now just go I want to concentrate on, on Solace at the moment. How did you find that first job? Like how, how did you how did you actually get it? Like it, we we discussed on the last podcast, we were saying how difficult it was to get our first, first thing. How did you do it? Like, as you guys said, really difficult because I left uni in 2017 Move back home, as a lot of people do when they leave uni. Some people don't have something set up straight away. Move back home, worked at a Booker's. Do you know what a Booker's is? Like a wholesale place. It's basically where like restaurants and uh, and, and cafes go and get all their supplies from. So I was like stacking the shelves there for about four months, up until like Christmas time. Proper terrible, you know, dead end retail job. And then I got offered like a little marketing internship in Nottingham. Lived with my mates for like two months doing that, and then. I was unemployed for like four months and in that when I was unemployed I was actually selling on Depop to you know pay pay the bill not pay the bill so I'd live with my parents but like you know I paid a little bit to them and everything and just I think that's where fashion kind of became a bit of a bigger thing for me because I was like I've got no money but I'd like to buy nice clothes so I was just like kind of flipping and selling and doing all that uh, did quite well like Depop I still used to say and have a decent uh, page on there and then, yeah, I just, it was a, the role that I went for in Misguided was actually a trainee merchandiser, not a buyer. Uh, merchandiser is more the numbers route, um, more dealing with, you know, stock levels and getting things on time in terms of delivery dates and all that. I was a trainee merch for one year and then I got the opportunity to do buying, but on the menswear side, because I wasn't that interested in doing buying for women's wear, because I don't wear women's wear, well, yeah, only on specific <laughs> days, but um, 
But we've all done it, mate. There's nothing embarrassing about that. Yeah, we've all done it. <laughs> no, Skinny jeans back in the day was my weakness. <laughs> yeah, like actually, you know what? I bought a women's cardigan about two days ago, and it's my favorite thing I bought this year. It's, it's beautiful. Like, Come on, let's. We're all we're all big we're all big strong guys here. We can all uh, we can all admit that we've worn some some women's clothing. Some, sometimes the girls get the better fits, the better colours, especially in shoes. Like they get some really nice like things that boys just can't get their feet into. So yeah, no shame in it at all. You, you pulled off a very nice bag recently as well, right? <laughs> uh, my 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 girlfriend's bag because it looked good. <laughs> What else can you say? Picture coming, picture, picture. coming up right here. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like a straight A to B uh, path in fashion. So I did merch and realised it wasn't for me, and then got the opportunity to work in menswear on the buying side, which I still didn't know, know loads about. But it was definitely more what I wanted to do. I, I was very product orientated, and yeah, it was the best decision I made. It's really fast paced as well. So if you don't get up to speed with it, you can get left behind. Um, but that's also another reason why I've kind of gone away from fast fashion now is because I don't really like the aspect of how little time and effort gets put into the products sometimes. Like, I feel like you should really put more emphasis on quality and you know, things can get missed in, in that environment. But that's just the business model that they have. I'd rather be a little bit slower and a bit more, you know, down the... S- I, 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 I wouldn't ever bank my brand as, like, a sustainable brand. Like, it's not, that's not the main key sell, uh, selling point of it. But it's definitely something that we, you know, all of our jersey products are organic cotton and everything's sourced, you know, ethically. Yeah, sustainability is a key thing for us and one one of our um, difficulties on the website in that we've got to have various different retailers on and they may have varying different, uh, you know, varying levels of sustainability. But what do you, specifically with Solace, what sustainability sort of practices are you, are you looking at? Like how are you trying to make the brand as sustainable as possible? And also how are you trying to keep the quality up to make sure that people can wear it for longer? Doing the due diligence and checking with your suppliers where they're getting their stuff from. And you know, you, you'll find that the jersey, that I, that the hoodies and the joggers and that are all from Portugal and um, all organic cotton. I'm hoping when you pick up the actual product in person, you'll see the quality. We've thought about this in the past, and it's a bit of a murky old world, the supplier world, right? When you were first buying your collection, obviously you were like, I've got X amount of money that I can invest in this. How did you decide on like how many units you were going to uh, ship? How did you decide on what margins you were happy with? Like, How did you literally go from going, I know this industry a little bit, to going, right, I've got a product and it's on the website right now and this is how much it costs. Knowing your budgets and working to a good margin. Like like uh, Jake said before, you're not looking to make that profit when you start a business all that much. Like You're just making sure that it's going and ticking and, and doing what it needs to do. But it's, it's, it's definitely, it took a long time. I've got so many Excel sheets where I've got my cost prices versus my you know different t-shirts and where they're coming from and, and what they give me. But at the end of the day, when it came to t-shirts, I kind of went, yeah, I'm going to get less profit from this and everything, but the t-shirts unrivaled. And that's the thing that I've got from people, like customers. They've been like, oh, this, it's, I had some guy over there say, this is like my favorite t-shirt now. It's like my new favorite t-shirt from Fit and Quality. I'm like, bang on, that's exactly what I wanted. So yeah, when you get messages like that, it kind of puts the money aspects to the side a little bit. Yeah, 100%. So tell us in very simple terms what you've got coming up and what people should be excited about. So... Chocolate Cap is launching tonight, which is the 9th of October. Yep. So these will be on site when the podcast is up. 
But like I said before, I've got um, runs of the Cobalt collection coming. You know, a t-shirt and a hoodie on the way for that. A new cap. I've got a new collection called the Dove Collection, which is a little tiny go like go at the graphic side of things, um, which is in like a lovely heather grey tracksuit with joggers and shorts and hoodie, with a bit of forest green on there. Um, beanies for those winter months, because yeah, who can go wrong with a beanie? Black Collection will be coming sometime in the future as well. Just working on that. I'm calling it the Onyx Collection because uh, Onyx is like a black and white mixture. And it's yeah, it's gonna be black and white, um, very simplistic, but will be top top quality. And I'm also working on something with my brother, as I kind of touched on before. That like my brother's an artist. We're kind of working together to get like a crazy graphic that will be coming hopefully before the end of the year. So I'm working on that. We can uh, shout out Ollie. It's Ollie, right? Uh, at Art of Ollie on uh, Instagram. So yeah, just got a fair few things ticking along. I am working on a jacket which hopefully should maybe be out before the end of the year as well. Uh, just working on samples for that. Uh, can't wait to get that out to the world, because that's a bit more of a bigger project when you get into jackets and stuff. It's a bit more technical. And... So, mate, tell tell everyone that's listening now, because I'm sure a lot of people will be wanting to find yourself now. Where can they where can they find you on Instagram, and, and what's the website as well? So the Instagram is at solace.clo, so C-L-O at the end. Uh, the TikTok is the same for that as well, which I'm trying to delve into the TikTok world a little bit. Um, the website is www.solaceclothing.com. Love it. And we very much recommend everyone to go on Aveste and also check out collection. Because, yeah, it's it's very much on there. And, yeah, mate, thanks so much for um, for joining us on this. Like, I've, I've loved, you know, learning a little bit more about the brand and letting people understand a bit more about your journey, which certainly wasn't, you know, A to B simple. Um, so, mate, it's been absolutely super interesting. So thanks so much for joining us. Cheers, mate. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Been a good chat. Don't worry. So yeah, for for everyone um, listening now, just want to say thanks so much for listening. If you did like this, please do um, subscribe to our YouTube channel or and or give us a like. Uh, and also, a question I, I, we always like to ask people a question on the end of these videos. So, question is, what is your if you go and have a look at the Solace collection, what is your favourite piece? Because uh, I don't think I could choose. But I'm interested to see what people say. So yeah, thanks so much for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time.